0: Praise the Lord. Lord. Amen. We thank God for the teachers this morning. So, today's topic is this is interaction. Okay. And what is the lesson big idea today? Amen. And the truth about God today is. Amen. So we have uh, another lesson on the life of Joseph. Let's turn to the book of Genesis 41. Start at verse one. And it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh dreamed, and behold, he stood by the river. Behold, there came up out of the river seven well-favored kine and flat-shed, and they fed in a meadow. Behold, seven of the kine came up after them out of the river ill-favored and lean-fleshed and stood by the other kind upon the brink of and the ill-favored and lean-fleshed kind did eat up the seven well-favored and fat. So Pharaoh awoke. So that was the first part of the dream. Okay, so we got seven fat cows and we got seven skinny and the skinny ate up the fat. The next part of the dream. He slept and dreamed the second time. Behold, seven ears of corn came up out of one stalk. Seven is God's perfect number. Rank and good. And behold, seven thin ears and blasted with the east wind sprung up after them. Seven thin ears did what? They devoured the seven rank in full. Then Pharaoh woke up. Behold, it was a dream. It came to pass that morning, his spirit was troubled. And he sent and called for the magicians of Egypt and all the wise men. And Pharaoh told them his dream, but they couldn't interpret. Uh-huh. So, uh huh. So the world's devices can only go so far. Magic, hoodoo, voodoo, is only going to take you so far. The terror cards, the Ouija, the sprinkling of the dust is only going to take you so far. Well, there's still folks in the church practice. huh? It's witches in the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, he called for the magicians. They couldn't do him no good. They couldn't tell him nothing. The wise men couldn't tell him nothing. Because They weren't ordained by God. Then spake the chief butler unto Pharaoh saying, I remember my faults this day. You See, he remembered where he messed up because, you know, God had convicted him for how he did Joseph. Huh? So, you don't have to worry about your enemies because God knows how to deal with them. And God will put you on their mind to the point where they don't see nothing but your face. Huh? Uh, you, you don't have to worry about getting revenge because God said, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Huh? You don't have to worry about getting even and trying to set a trap. And I'm going to do you like you did, me. You can't do all that. Just let God handle it. Hmm. Okay, so Pharaoh was angry. He was wroth with his servants uh, because basically um, they wasn't earning their keep. Y'all can't do me no good. You can't tell me my dream. <laughs> Put me in ward in the captive of the guard's house, both me and the chief baker. And we dreamed a dream And one night. He was telling Pharaoh about what happened with his experience. Now, uh, we dreamed the dream, each man according to the interpretation of his dream, and there was with us a young man. Now, here go this young man. Now, I, I remember him. You know, he was a Hebrew boy down there, young guy, a servant of the captain of the God. And we told him, and he interpreted to us our dream. To each man according to his dream, did he interpret and it came to pass as he interpreted to us. So it was so what this young Hebrew dude did, it actually came to pass. So King, you may need to check with this Hebrew boy, huh? because apparently he got the goods. Oh, I got you right there. <laughs> we got a lot of titles floating around, but we ain't got no goods to follow. What good is your title? If you ain't got the goods to follow, I'd rather have the goods any day than to have a big fluffy title behind my name. Oh, we're going to get down to it. Y'all hang on with first lady. I'm coming down your road. And so then Pharaoh sent and called for Joseph. Ah. And they brought him hastily out of the dungeon. This young man down in the dungeon. Oh, you see the picture here. How Pharaoh called for him. He wasn't boasting and bragging about everything that he had done in the past. Uh, He wasn't promoting himself and... Flashing his name amongst everybody down in the dungeon. But God got a way of shining his light on you in due season. (laughs) You remain humble before God. And the Bible said that he will exalt you in due season. Because God had a timing that he was dealing with. Oh my God. And the time was right. (laughs) Oh, my God. See, God is always orchestrating and working stuff in the background, even when you don't perceive it, even when you don't understand what's going on. God is a master at orchestra. My God, he can take your misery and turn it into a party. Oh my God. He can turn your bad situation into a testimony. Oh my God, to the power of God. And that's what I like about what he did in this young man's life. It wasn't about Joseph. It wasn't about Pharaoh. It wasn't about the dreams. Y'all make it about the wrong stuff, but it was about the power of God. Working and moving and putting stuff in the place and clearing out the pathway and setting stuff up. It's always about the power of God. Oh, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Hmm. So Joseph gets out of the dungeon in a hurry. Huh? Changed his raiment. See, that's a problem is when God is working with you and dealing with you, y'all don't change your position. Uh, you don't change nothing. Uh, you don't spruce yourself up. You don't put a smile on your face. You don't show no teeth. You don't act like you got no joy. You walk around with a sad testimony and a blue song. When God is bringing you out, can you at least change your position? Joseph got in a hurry He shaved himself uh, Shaved all that musty hair off Oh that's a preach right there (laughs) Shave all that musty hair off uh, And he changed his clothes uh, Because he knew he was getting ready to go before the king Hmm Well we come before God any kind of way And Pharaoh said unto Joseph I have dreamed a dream there was nobody that could interpret my dream, and I heard about you that they said that you can understand a dream and you can interpret now see when God is moving, he will let folk in your pathway know what he don't put in stock inside of you. <laughs> When was the last time that the people of the world come to the church for some wisdom on how to make it through some bad situations? Hmm. When was the last time that people come up to you for a word of wisdom, for a word of knowledge? Huh? When was the last time that God really showcased your name out there amongst people? Ooh. So we really got to think about this thing now. Am I God or have I made this about me? See, too often we make it about us. Huh? It's not about us. It's about God. Hmm. And Joseph in every position that he was in never made it about himself. Hmm. That's a good teaching point. And so then Joseph gave Pharaoh an answer. He said, it's not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Joseph wasn't saying that he didn't have the gift of the anointing of interpretation. But what he was telling him is that it's the God in me that does the speaking. Huh? Huh? It's God in you, huh, that causes things to change. It's the God that's in you, huh, that gets the job done. It ain't you. (laughs) It's the God in you that gives you that creativity. That gives you that ability to do what you can do with your hands. It's the God that is in you that causes you to shine. It's the God that is in you when you are faced with some difficult hardships and circumstances that you would no other way be able to weave your way out of. But it was God in you that caused you to rise up uh, against the opposition and get the job. Uh, so then Joseph tells him you're going to get an answer because he was confident in God and Pharaoh stood and said to Joseph in my dream behold I stood on the bank of a river told him about the seven fat cattle seven skinny skinny ate up the fat then told him about the seven ears of corn they was healthy, they was full, and then here come the dried up corn, ears of corn, they was thin, dried up, sickly looking, and they eat up the healthy. Hmm. So then here comes the interpretation. <laughs> this is a thing which i spoken unto Pharaoh. Verse 28. What God is about to do, he showeth unto Pharaoh. Behold, there come seven years. See, this is what I like about it. This shows you what a true anointing is. We don't have to try to be all deep and go on a forty-day, forty-night fast to hear from heaven. Hmm? Just live right. Just live right. Uh. Walk in what God has given you, and stop trying to walk in somebody else's anointing. Joseph stayed in his lane. See, that's the problem, is folks is getting out of their lane. You operate in the anointing that God gave you. Oh, that's a message for a whole nother day. I know y'all, y'all looking at me like you lost, but hold on for a second. And so he tells him there's going to come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt. That was the good news. The second part of that, though, wasn't so good. There shall arise after them seven years of famine, and all of the plenty that we got in the first seven years of the good is gonna be forgot about because them seven years gonna be so bad. Oh, that's tough. Oh that's real tough. So we understand that this wasn't a dream that Pharaoh was dreaming because he had too much chicken and you know, being little soup the night before. This was a divine dream given to him by God. Ooh, oh my God. So here you got seven years of good. Then you got seven years, that's 14 years, seven years of severe, not just plain famine, because see, there had been famine in the lands before. But the Bible describes this as severe, that it was not even seen before in the lands of Egypt. That's how bad it was. And then it was going to be so bad. Now, do it sound kind of familiar, you know, what we've been experiencing the past few years? Maybe, that it's going to be so bad that we're going to forget about all the prosperity and all the good and the fullness that we had the years. Oh, hell, you, you Hmm. Okay. So then we ain't got no reason to fall out the church because there's pestilence in the land. Oh, we don't have no reason, no excuse to sit at home and not go to church. Because there's pestilence and famine in the land. You still owe God your service. Mm. Okay. So then let Pharaoh do this. Let him appoint officers over the land. Because Joseph, let me back up to 33. Now, therefore, let Pharaoh look out for a discreet and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. So Joseph is giving Pharaoh some words of wisdom here. Hmm. He's telling Pharaoh, now you need to look for somebody wise and experienced. And that's the problem is that we try to put people over the affairs of business that don't have no experience. Mm-hmm. Try to put people over business with no wisdom. And then we wonder why things fall apart. huh? Because it takes wisdom to operate and function in the things of God. Hmm. Yeah. So he said, put somebody with some experience over these matters, put him in charge of the country, appoint managers throughout Egypt to organize it because things in the kingdom must be organized. Uh huh. Not all over the place, not falling apart, you know, so much confusion. There has to be a standard uh, that is set, and we gotta follow the standard. Hmm. So appoint managers to organize during the years of plenty. See, so you, you gotta learn how to capitalize on the years that you got good with God. You you gotta be prayed up, consecrated. Work on your dedication when the days are good, because it's going to be hard for you to get a prayer through when you're on your back in the hospital. It's going to be hard for you to get a prayer through when you're going through harder trials and affliction. And that's what the church messes up. We try to wait till the day of trouble when we get in some deep trouble to want to cry out and reach out to God when we ain't did nothing when times was well. You build yourself upon your most holy faith in the days when it is well. You prepare in the days like Joseph was trying to tell Pharaoh when all is good. That's when you store up. That's when you prepare for what's ahead because nobody in this room understands and knows what is fully to come of the pipe. But this is the time of your preparation because afflictions are sure to come. This is the time when you should be faithful to church. It's easy for you to come to church. huh? This is the time that you should be in prayer meetings, as many prayer meetings as you can get. Because you're going to need them prayers. You're going to need some prayers that's been stored up. Huh? This is the time. Huh? When you can come to every class, every meeting. This is your opportunity to build up your faith, to strengthen yourself in the Lord. Because you don't know what's coming up ahead. But God knows. So while everything is good. That's not the time for you to come up missing. That's not the time for you to be unfaithful. Because the seven years of severe famine is up ahead. And God gave this young man some knowledge and some insight of what was going to happen to the point that it influenced Pharaoh To change everything in his kingdom and raise this young man up. He said, now, where am I going to find somebody like this that you're telling me about? And he was standing right there in his face. And Pharaoh elevated him to second in command. Uh, You see how God was working in the background all this time all these years and it seemed like Joseph's situation was hopeless <laughs> oh but he showed you today oh you can hope in God huh no matter how long it take me Rosetta I can still hope in God when my situation looked bad and folks don't forget about me when I ask Them to remember me, and they went about their way and forgot all about me. And it seemed like I was left all by myself uh, to fend for myself, and the scratch, and the claw and the climb up the ladder, trying to get somewhere, trying to prosper. God uh, will raise you up, uh, and He'll cause you to prosper. Everything you put your hand to, He'll bless it. Uh, He'll bless you going out, and He'll bless you coming in. He'll bless you the city. He'll bless you in the field. He'll bless your basket uh, and your store. Uh, He'll give you plenty of goods. Uh, He'll have people coming to you uh, asking for a loan uh, because that's how God uh, works with his people. Oh, my God. The power of God at work here. Through one and one man with God is the majority. You don't need a crowd of folk uh, to get where you need with God. Uh, oh, my God. God has a way of building relationships, putting you in contact with the right people at the right time. At the season he got uh, oh my god god is so awesome and mind-blowing he'll put the resources in your pathway he'll put people in your pathway that'll be a blessing to your life huh? people you wouldn't even dealt with on any other circumstance you wouldn't study them they wouldn't study you but god started dealing with them and said go help him and go help her huh It's time for Zion to wake up. Yeah. Realize you got more for you working for you than you do against you. Uh, so, this young man showed us how to make lemonade out of lemons. Uh, I got a witness. Uh, you done been in some bad situation. Uh, you done had to make some lemonade, bro. Put some sugar in that thing. And stir it up a little bit, Minister Elma. You may have to put a little extra lemon juice and some sweetener, huh? You have to sweeten up a bad situation. Oh, y'all, y'all, I'm in the wrong church, I guess, this morning. Uh, y'all don't know nothing about that. Huh? I having to sweet up uh, a bad situation. <laughs> oh, I guess I'm in the wrong. Let me go down the street to the other church, see what they know. What I'm talking about, huh? You have to deal with some stuff huh? And it wasn't nothing you could do to change it. Oh my God. Whoa, whoa. That's a whole nother lesson right there. Ain't nothing you could have done to change it. So it must have been ordained by God. And what? Messiness and craziness and hell and want water be ordained by God because it builds your character. It teaches you some good lessons. <laughs> and God is a master teacher. He's trying to teach you something, honey. It's up to you to get the lesson. Oh, my God. Woo. My God, I scratch my head and think about some stuff. That I've been through, I'm like my God, and you know how sometimes you do as a human, you start beating yourself up. I say, what in the world was I think? Why did I do that? And then, and then, you just have to say it's covered under the blood. <laughs> it's, it's it's covered, it's covered under under the blood of Jesus. Woo! Thanks be to God that I'm covered. All of my life covered covered under the blood all of my foolishness and all of my mistakes and all of my mishaps and all of my tripping and all of my flipping flipping out, flipping in, out in out in, oh my God all the craziness and foolishness, is covered he's covered me and he hides me Shut also. Oh, soul Under the shadow Of the almighty You hear it honey You can't see it yet God is hiding you Just like he hid Joseph yeah. Right So he hid him in the pit. He hid him down in the dungeon of the jail. He hid him till it was time to take the wings off and set him on high. Because the Bible said, I will set him on high because he knows my name. He'll do that. He'll do that. Because you knew his Man. I feel like shouting God will remember you Because you held on You didn't give up You did walk away You didn't throw in the faith You didn't give up on God oh, Because you held on To his name Your day is coming huh just keep holding on to God your day is coming huh you be faithful and dedicated to God oh my god don't stop coming huh don't you take two steps forward and seven steps back uh-uh you don't come too far or you don't be through too much keep on walking with God show God something show God you got some faith you can work with me God because I try something Leave you at your word. Show God you ain't going nowhere. Show God. Stop doing all that whining and crying and doing all that talking. Just show up. Show God something. Sometimes we talk too much. They say nothing in here about Joseph didn't that whine and crying. Woe is me. I'm just going through waiting on a pity party. Pat on the back. If that's what you're waiting on, you think God going to have a pity party with you? And folk ain't either because I ain't coming. Huh? I tell folk all the time, I ain't coming to your pity party now. We gonna talk faith. We gonna believe faith. We gonna walk faith, huh? Come on here. We gonna believe we got the victory. We gonna walk like we got the victory. So if you in First Lady Circle, huh? We gonna talk doubt, unbelief, scared, whining, crying. I don't get with that kind of stuff. Hmm. So make sure that the people in your circle, that they believe God like you. that will be a shame if you're the only one now in the circle that believe God. Huh? Now, it's it's very possible. But what ends up happening the majority of the time is that they pull, pull you down and drain your faith. Because they ain't got none. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And that's what the pastor was trying to get through to the minister's class this morning. Got to be careful about who you associate with. Because company, bad company corrupts good manners. And before long, they corruption will rub off on you. I don't care how strong you think you are. Because it's the power of it get down to it. Yeah, the power of influence. So let me ask a few questions here. Hmm. What does the word faithful mean? Yeah, committed. committed, dedication, that's good. We got any other answers. What is faithful? Reliable, trust. Trustworthy, reliable, uh huh, that's good. Anybody else got anything there? Dependable? Standfast in your affection. Ooh. God expects you to be steadfast. Not up, not down, not all over the place. Can't find you, can't use you, can't trust you, but being steadfast in your affection. Now, you in a relationship, you in a marriage, you in a courtship, I would hope that you would want your husband or your mate to be steadfast in their affection toward you. Amen. You don't want him running around town with Sally and Josephine. I hope you don't. I know this crazy world got this open marriage stuff, but that ain't for the church. Huh? We We expect dedication, being steadfast in our affection, being constant and loyal. God expects you to be loyal. I don't care how many daggers the enemy throw in your back, how they rip out your coattail, how they try to pull you down. God still expects you to be loyal. Because guess what? That ain't the end of your story. Can you be loyal when it seemed like everybody around you was falling out? When it seemed like all your church friends, huh, losing their dedication, folks walking away from the church saying ain't nothing to that holiness stuff no more, huh? Because the Bible predicted the times of the end that there would be a falling away before the return of Jesus Christ. So it's going to be a lot of folks that you are used to seeing that may fall out the race. But can you be loyal? Hmm. Loyalty means something with God. Hmm. So let's talk about what Pharaoh asked Joseph to do. When he interpreted his dreams. The thing about it is, is, that the Bible says that your gift will make room for you. And bring you before great men. Huh? And so God has put something on the inside of everybody in this room. Everybody in his kingdom. There is some type of gift that is waiting to be birthed in the lives of his people. And the gift is what makes room for you. Huh? My God. And so what God has in you will be that influence for your generation. And see the thing about Joseph is that he didn't get in there in front of Pharaoh and try to bargain with him if I tell you you know your my interpretation of your dream, you're gonna put me here in the palace with you, and you're gonna bless my folk and you're gonna do no 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 didn't do any of that. he just did what was in him he do. And the rest is history. He was one man to preserve a nation. But then you see the power of God. One man. Because think about it. If it was seven years of a severe famine coming, God could have easily let everybody starve to death. He could have just, just let us starve. Huh? Because, you know, let, let's just face it. We didn't all miss mark. We didn't all messed up. Uh, we didn't all got our hands dirty. Uh, we didn't do everything just right. <laughs> oh, my God. There was still some sin present. Oh, let's, let's be for real. So God would have been justified if he would have just let everybody starve to death. Huh? Well, look at the kindness, the patience, the love of God how God preserved a people through the life of Joseph. Through all the messiness, through all the heartache and disappointment, this man was separated from his family and we can't go a few days without being separated from ours. As a teenager, he was thrown in a pit, separated from his father. Ain't none of us had to go through some stuff like that. That man had to grow up in foreign territory. He was a Hebrew. He had to grow up in Egypt. Amongst pagan people that didn't believe in his God. They ain't different. They talk different. They dress different. And some of y'all act like y'all can't deal with folks that look different than you. See why we ain't influencing nobody. You intimidated by everything. People that don't talk like you, don't eat like you do, don't dress like you do. You see how God could use this young man. He started out as a teenager and he was in poor. But as time went on, he developed the maturity and some wisdom because how God taught him. You gotta be in a place to let God teach you something. You ain't gonna everything in a book. Experience is a great teacher. Some experiences you went through, Brother Lamont, the book couldn't tell you. Sister Marsha, which your heart had to endure in the years of your life, a book couldn't bring you out of the heartbreak and the messiness and the trouble and the stress and you had to go through something. Experiences you don't experience in relationships, in your marriage, with your children, uh, on your jobs, uh, in your neighborhood, with your friends you grew up with. uh, Nobody could tell you in a book. Experience taught this young man something. Don't tell me what you done read off the paper. You tell me how you made it over. How you went through with God. And God brought you out. God made a way. God healed my broken heart. He changed my life. And he picked me up. And he turned me around. And he placed my feet on solid ground. That's what you do, the world. Uh, Oh, how he took the taste out of your mouth. Uh, Oh, he put another desire down on the inside of you. Uh, Tell that. Because nothing replaces experience. And if you never went through nothing, you wouldn't experience the power of God. How would you know he's a healer? You never been down sick? Medicine wasn't working, going to hospitals and doctors. Seemed like nothing was adding up coming together, but he healed me. Whew. Gave me a touch in my body while I was asleep. While I was working, just woke up and just kept walking with God like the lepers. And, oh, my God, I was healed. Wait a minute. I don't feel that pain. No, don't feel like I used to feel. Huh? Hmm. How would you know? You just going off what somebody else said. (laughs) But you got to have your own personal testimony. Joseph had his own personal testimony. How would you know that God was a way maker? That he provides all your needs according to his riches and glory if you was never broke. Oh, I I guess I'm talking to the wrong church. Let me go down the street. Maybe I get deep off in the hood. They can tell me. Oh, yeah, first lady, I've been broke. (laughs) I have nothing but lit in my pocket. And a few pennies to roll together. But I had to trust in God. And believe that God was going to see me through. And he was going to provide some way, somehow. And God came through. Huh? How would you know? <laughs> huh? My God. You got to have a personal ex. Because experience. experience, nothing beats your experiences with God. Amen. <laughs> how would you know he was a friend and stick close to the brother? It sounds good, but how do you know? Unless everybody turned their back on you. Walked away from you. Hmm? Treated you like you was a nobody. Huh? Huh? even your own family, the ones that you trusted in, ones you poured into their life, and they didn't show you no love and no grace in return, they walked away from you, how would you know that he's a friend that sticks closer than any brother? Unless all of them, huh, like Job, huh, you must be in sin. Huh, something must be wrong. Huh, something must be happening in life. Huh, 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 you got all this stuff going on. Huh, that sound like to me, huh, that church stuff ain't working. Mm, how would you know that God was a friend? They could tell you don't worry about it. Amen. God will just give you peace. Yeah. Say, peace, I leave with you. Huh? How would you know? <laughs> Woo! My God. When folks treat you like you're a stepchild. Oh, my God. And you're doing everything you know to do and you know this right. You're walking upright, right. And folks still treat you with a cold shoulder. How would you know that God can be a friend? And say, I got you. I got you, that he can hold you by your hand. When it seems like you ain't got nobody to lean on, you ain't got nobody to give you a hug, you ain't got nobody to patch and say keep on going, God is there and as long as he comfort and keep you, you know that he's a friend, he don't tell your business like folk, he don't treat you like people, he don't treat us like people. Personal experience. Thank God for my personal experience. Because see what your experience do. It continues to build on your faith. A little bit more. A little bit more. Whole lot more. Take another big old step in God. See, that's, that's what experience. Faith. Hope, trusting, believing God, but you gotta keep walking, huh? And God will show you a little bit more. And he'll show you a little bit more. And he'll open your eyes. And you'll see things a little different. But you got to keep on walking with God. And keep on walking. Just like a Joseph in a bad situation. He had to turn his lemons into lemonade. And keep on walking with God. Even in the dark dungeon. When everybody forget about him. But God didn't forget about him. He remained faithful. Hmm. Another important lesson that we can learn out of the life of Joseph is how servants should obey all of their masters. We are still obligated, whether it be the workforce, huh, all of our relationships. With our pastors, our leaders, we are still obligated to serve. Come on, somebody. Uh, it didn't say whether you didn't like your master. It didn't say whether the master mistreated you because God knows how to deal with them too. But you gotta be make sure you in a place that where if God gets moved through and start judging. That you did what you were supposed to do. That you remain faithful and dedicated. Hmm. I know that's something. Uh, I, I know we done got it all twisted up in the game. Because you know we in the church. And we all saved and sanctified. And we can just go on and do our thing. You know on our jobs. And in everything that we do. And not be obedient. Huh? Huh? Joseph served. Pharaoh well. Hmm. Now, let's be honest. If you was in a position like that, and we can only, you know, say that if we're in that type of position, but think about that thing. Could I honestly serve well? When I'm in this type of position and I've been mistreated, they did me wrong, bro. Left me alone. Hmm? Left me in a dark place, separated from my family, my familiars. Huh? Could I actually serve well? Oh, that's a question. Y'all need to write y'all need to write that one down. Because God is watching how we serve. And maybe the reason why we don't see more promotions. In the kingdom like we desire because we ain't serving well. Uh-oh. Let me kick open the front door. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe God ain't picked you up because you ain't serving well. Come on, come on, come on. Come on. I know you don't like first lady. I'm going to tell you the truth. Come on, come on, come on. Oh. So the Bible says servants obey obeying all things. Your masters according to the flesh. Oh. So you gotta obey in the flesh. Huh? Trying to be all deep and fish. I, I don't do what they still said and tell me to do. You better, or you're gonna get fired. Amen. <laughs> well, not with eye service. Huh? We want to do away everybody look at it. So we can get a flower. Huh? So we can get us a cookie! What is when men ain't looking? What you doing when they ain't around? Huh? When you on the clock? Huh? When you on the company phone? Huh? When you using up the company's resources? When you're using the church's resources, when the pastor is not around, when the leaders are not around and they entrust you, what are you doing when people and crowds are not watching you? Huh? Doing it for a show? Doing it for a shape, form, or a fashion? Huh? So your name could be broadcasted? Oh, so they can speak well of you? Beware when men speak well of you. You done got all your glory. You done got all your amen. You done got all your hand claps. (laughs) That's what I like about this man of God. Not with our service, but he was trying to please God. That should be our ultimate glory. Whatever we do. It should be pleasing unto the Lord. As unto the Lord. Everything that we do in what word or indeed, we do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. That he be glorified. We never shout our own glory. What does the word integrity mean? we we throwing around these words, but let's see what it means. Okay, moral character. Anybody else got something to add to integrity? Uh-huh. Okay. The quality of being honest. Moral uprightness. You see what church is lacking in this era? Hmm? Integrity. Influence. We talk about the influence of Joseph. But Joseph's character spoke loud and volumes to Pharaoh. Hmm. Because, see, Joseph could have easily tried to do underhanded stuff, you know, shady stuff, because he was in a bad situation. You know, he was wrong. They did him wrong. You know, could easily done some you know crooked stuff, got his hands dirty, but he stayed clean. Oh, oh, staying clean, staying clean. Ah, oh, well, that's a whole lesson right there, Pastor. Being able to stay clean, integrity. Do you see what is lacking amongst the people of God now? That's why God can't trust us with more. Not that he don't have much for us to do. It's not that there's not assignments. There's plenty of assignments that God is waiting to give. But you think that God is going to trust them, to the messy people? Messy folk? Folk that have come, come up missing, got excuses, can't be trusted with. Them. Oh, no. God don't just give assignments to any and Everybody. Folks, lazy won't show up for work. Come on here. Integrity means something. And the church has got to get back in a place to where we are actually influencing the world and not them influencing. Look throughout the churches. You can see the world's influence like never before. So much worldliness? Hmm? We adopted so many practices of the world. It's hard if you put a comparison between the world and the church. How can you tell the difference? Besides folks, ba-ba-ba-ba-ba, sha-da-na-na-na-na-na. Nah. No, it's called lifestyle. <laughs> it's bigger than the tongue, sis. It's bigger than shouting, bro. It's called life Style. Do we have any questions? I'm done. Hope you got something. Amen. uh-huh. Dream of the ladder. Um, I think it was Genesis 28. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, Ascending and descending. Yeah. I was just wondering because I don't know. I don't know. It was just two. He had two, then his son had two dreams. Joseph had two dreams. Then the 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 Baker and whatever they had dreams. They